And there have been times when, when, when I have been expressing anger in a way that I, I would call it a mantram, where it actually, I have no other choice but to, but to get it out and to express it. And there might be a little itty bitty voice in my head that's like, it's like, you know, don't say this right now, or don't do this right now, or you're, you're being scary right now, or this, this isn't cool, right? But it's almost like a big snowball rolling down the hill and just, and it just can't stop. Welcome everybody to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome everybody to this episode of adult tantrums and how to deal with them. And I have a conversation with a returning guest and a dear friend of mine, Corey Costanzo. Yeah, we talk about those adult tantrums. And when men have them, we call them mantrums. Those outbursts that we're not very pleased with ourselves about and it sure as hell not so easy to be around an adult tantrum. So we share some stories about how that shows up in our life and how we deal with them. So those of you that haven't listened to, oh, about a dozen podcasts I've done with Corey, let me tell you a little bit more about him. He is a licensed addiction counselor and a trauma specialist. And he's also a licensed massage and bodywork therapist. He's the co-owner of Asheville's premier wellness spa, Still Point Wellness. You can learn more about Corey and Stillpoint at stillpointwell.com. And I have a newsletter that's coming out. You can sign up for it at prepo.com, my, my website. And I will be giving you some tools and some relationship techniques, some freebies, some offerings of some exercises and some worksheets that you can do. But most of all, I'll just tell you more of what I'm up to some new online courses and workshops that I have going on, as well as my new coaching practice. That's right, it's called Way Beyond Coaching and Consulting. And I'll be doing some live coaching groups. So if you wanna learn more about that, again, just go to my website, prepo.com, sign up for the email newsletter. And don't worry, I'm not gonna be inundating you with a bunch of emails, maybe only a couple times a month, because I hate that shit too. I don't like getting a whole bunch of newsletters and having to read a really long newsletter. It's not going to be like that. Okay, folks. And hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, would love if you would leave us a review. Okay, here we go. My conversation with Corey. Adult tantrums and how to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about it. Thank you.
my man, my man. My man, my man. Here we go. It's been way too long, Prepo. It has. It has. But I'm so glad that you want to do it on a beautiful night where afterwards we're going to take a nice stroll, have a dinner, and um, connect. I feel like I'm jumping out of my seat right now. I should be pacing the room. <laughs> I've got so much energy and excitement to be here talking to you. This one's a fun one because you're the one that, that came to me in with this idea, you yeah. know, this topic. And it's around adult tantrums and when men have a tantrum, we call it mantrums. And so, yeah, because you're, you're the expert around emo, emotional regulation and you still have fucking mantrums all the time. Probably one every three weeks, <laughs> I got to say. And yeah, it's so easy to joke around at this point for me. Um, calling it a mantrum actually helps me to get out of the emotionally dysregulated state, the state of overwhelm, the state of upset, the state where I cannot, I cannot even think straight because I'm so angry and my body is buzzing and I, I, it's hard for me to be in connection with myself and with my partner, right? It's really, it's really hard to get out of that state and the first step is awareness. So, you know, when it happened a few months ago and and I and I and I just had the thought, I'm having a mantrum right now. And I kind of just started cracking up laughing. And my wife's like, What are you laughing at? And I told her, I told her, I'm having a mantrum right now. And I just realized it. And she just started cracking up laughing. And like it just diffused the situation, basically. Almost like how ridiculous it was yeah. and you named it in a way but you didn't feel shame about it right i didn't feel shame about it at mm. all whatsoever no mm. no yeah. i think partly because robin was bearing witness and she was bearing witness in a way that was so loving and kind and compassionate and she wasn't taking it on yeah what if know? she was judging it if she was judging it what do you feel shame around that I probably would have felt shame and I probably would have covered up the shame with more righteous indignation. I probably would have blamed her or whatever and uh, or whomever and I would have been stuck in the vortex of that of that anger, of that upset, of that overwhelm. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we'll just go right to the antidote of when your partner's having a tantrum, right? It's it is awareness and um, not connecting, not getting sucked in to that overwhelm, to that upset. So holding your ground, holding your center. Letting, hard as hell. Hard as do, hell. To do that. Yeah, it is. It's hard as hell. But again, you know, what I always like to, to say is around visualizing ourselves doing it. We know that our partner has had these tantrums before. We could replay it in our mind and hold more of that groundiness, hold more of in some way, just allowing them, you know, they're, they're, they're vomiting right now. They're throwing up, you know, they're having a little shit fit. The challenge I think is, is if that partner that's throwing that tantrum is uh, repetitively not aware that they're doing it or they're not doing anything to self-regulate and work and be aware and take accountability. It's really hard as a partner to just keep witnessing it. If there's no growth pattern and the other person just totally accepts it or they're in denial and it becomes more abusive. Yeah, I feel like it's it's a value system of examining one's life. And sometimes people just haven't done that. That wasn't modeled in their family of origin. 
and they don't know how or they don't even know that it's possible to really take a look at themselves and examine their behaviors and the outcomes of their behaviors. And you know, when one partner lives in a life that gets examined and the other partner doesn't, then there's growth on only one end of the partnership. And that becomes very alienating. That becomes very uh, tough to be in partnership with somebody that's unwilling to take a look at their behaviors, their choices, uh, the way they regulate emotion, the way they express emotion. Um, that becomes really hard to be in partnership with somebody like that. Yeah. And it's not only hard in some way, it's lonely. You know, I think like that's also a part that we feel that sadness and, and grief, which also can turn into anger, that loneliness of doing it alone or growing alone or, because there's a lot of juice in, in growing in, a, in partnership. Um, it's a bonus to growing in our individual selves is to grow in partnership. So it's a lonely feeling when the other person's not. Yeah, so it kind of begs the question of what to do if my partner is unwilling to uh, take a look at themselves, is unwilling to laugh at themselves, is unwilling to compromise, is unwilling to connect. You know, I was just thinking it's similar around a boundary of, of expression when when a partner, uh, I don't know if I'm trying to think that it's rainbow throwing tantrums. Yeah, we all we all have. But if to me it would be putting up a boundary of speaking to, hey, babe, you know, I got to tell you, like the way that you were just expressing yourself or what was going on for you, how you were doing it was really challenging and it happened before and doesn't feel good to to be in it and witness it or to be the brunt of it. I'm just letting you know, I want you to put awareness on it. So there's certain boundaries that we can speak to just like parents do to little kids, right? There's a part of when a kid's having a tantrum, you know, know they're having a tantrum, they're tired, they're hungry. We let them have their expression. Then there's another aspect of putting up a little bit of, hey, I'm gonna tell you really what needs to be done, what we need to do. Or there's a stronger boundary that we put up of like, hey, that's not cool. How you're speaking to me, what you're doing, um, but not meeting that energy with energy. And it takes a lot of discernment to, to know which one of those how of how to respond back, you know? Yeah, I would love to always have in my mind to have compassion that this person in front of me is throwing an adult tantrum, a little tantrum because they're feeling unsafe in some areas. But I'm not always gonna have that response. I think it also has to do with how dependent I am on my partner's, on my partner's state of being, right? Right, because if I'm at home enjoying uh, cooking a lovely meal for my family and my partner comes home upset and angry and with brings that energy from the day into the kitchen and is is just starting to go off like am i able to hold space am i able to um bear witness to what's happening with my with my partner or do i then start uh to get wrapped in yeah. to their intensity and their and their energy do i then start to become angry at them for being angry, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, I think um, I think having a healthy, as you always say, having healthy differentiation mm -hmm. um, is, is really important, or at least noticing when I'm becoming codependent yeah. in the relationship. Can I, at that moment, really just leave without a lot of punishing energy? Can I just leave? Like, 
I know there's times where I'm trying to fix something around the house, you know, and I got all my tools or I can't find the right tool. Oh, it also happened. It happened. I was I was chainsawing a bunch of smaller trees, small little trees, and but some of them had grapevines all around them, and so I started chainsawing some of the vines, and my chain just like broke off and just you know, and it did it twice, and then it kind of like messed up the bar, and I'm trying to put it on, and I'm throwing like I'm throwing a hissy fit. I'm throwing this this battery bag. I'm like, say it, say it. Like, God damn, I'm like what the fuck, I can't believe that this happened, and. And I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to get a whole new chainsaw, you know, just the chain, you know, I'm like a whole new chainsaw I gotta get and I'm throwing. And it was a beautiful Sunday afternoon, sunshine, Raymo and I were out, you know, doing it together. I can understand she doesn't wanna be around that shit, you know, and sure I felt shame afterwards, you know, a little justification came in, you know, about about it, but then shame came in a little bit around, man, I don't wanna, I don't wanna have this attitude like that, kind of ruin the, the afternoon in some way. And she had empathy, she could understand, but I could also know that that, that tainted, you know, the, the energy. And if I was her, I wouldn't want to be around around that. And she was good in the, in the fact she, she kind of empathized, but she walked in, walked into the, to the house and let me have my moments of trying to fix it and moan and groan about it. Um, but yeah, so she had discernment of, of removing herself from it too and protecting herself in some way. Mm, so she gave you some space. Yeah, she gave cool me some space off. to cool off, to mm-hmm. also let me go through some of my frustration. And then afterwards we did talk about it. And I think like that's what is a huge antidote too that we talk about is communicating about it, especially afterwards to to not blame and shame the other person, but to like inquire, hey, what was going on for you at that moment, you know? What 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 were you really afraid of? What were you upset about? What you know? What uh, what was underneath? Because it's like you say before, it's always underneath our aspects of our core uh, wounds and our traumas, the core limiting beliefs. Mine is around you know being handy. You know I'm not good enough. You know around fixing things. Oh, I always tell Robin if you're ever gonna leave me, please don't leave me for like. Carpenter or like somebody <laughs> who builds houses. Up, man. Oh man, that would twist me up. <laughs> Anybody else but that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we all got these core wounds, right? Yeah. And sometimes they get they get scratched raw. And it could be from just a little itty bitty thing, like a vine that breaks that breaks your chain. Yeah. Yeah. And then comes the mantram. And the mantram. And and I don't feel good after that. And I know, and there's times, man, that I actually know that I'm throwing a mantra. Like in the middle of it, I kind of know that, you know, I'm looking at that door and going, God damn it, man. And I'm, I'm in it, but I'm also aware that I'm in it. And there's a split second of choice. Do I want to keep going? Yeah. Or do I want to just like take a breath? You know, can I just like take a moment and go, man, this, this is hard. Right now I'm having a difficult moment. Can yeah. I? Can I just be okay that I'm having a difficult moment instead of having to act out that that difficult moment? And when I catch those moments and do that, mm-hmm. that to me is progress and growth and just healthier, healthier expression of, mm. of frustration. Mm. Yeah, I just had the had the vision of, you know, somebody having an adult tantrum with like small kids in the room. 
that are soaking it up like a sponge and watching, you know, oh, this is how mom and dad deal with overwhelm, you know, and um, that's what they do. That's the the kids are programmed, biologically programmed to, uh, to learn, to learn from their parents. Yeah. Yeah. So did you learn that too? Did you see that? As a kid? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I grew up in a household, you know, Italian, Italian, Italian American household where um yeah, my 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 mom did not uh did not have the same kind of resources that I have and the knowledge and the practice and the awareness of how to deal with anger as I do now. So I, I grew up around a lot of rage and I in turn internalized a lot of that rage. Yeah. Yeah. So And I don't know about you, but it was confusing to me when I would get ridiculed or criticized for my tantrum when I'm knowing I just watched your tantrum. I just watched you do it. And I would get shit for doing my tantrum. Oh. You know, or, you know, stop, stop, don't be angry. And like, wow. You know, I just saw you go but off on the phone. You're allowed to go off on the phone like that, but I can't. Right. As yeah. a little kid, that's confusing. My guess is that part of a tantrum is that it's energy that's trapped in the musculature, that's trapped in the body, that doesn't have the ability uh, to to regulate or to or to or to be expressed. So it it has to it it comes out really big. And I think, I think the antidote to that is practice, and the antidote of that is um, is good modeling. And the antidote, what other antidotes are there? To I think that also. Coming out? Well, I think also um, titrating that energy out, like you know, shaking a little bit at times, you know, just making noise and moving around. I, I'm not conscious that I'm holding that energy, but I know my body is. So if mm-hmm. I just do that more often, I'm probably not going to have a big of a charge that is going to come out yeah. when the emotional charge comes with it. So just even just discharging my body once in a while, you know, yawning and making just little sounds here and there, discharging that energy out of the body that's unconscious. Like I imagine also for me, sometimes it almost feels good to discharge that energy, to kind of get it out. And there have been times when, when, when I have been expressing anger in a way that I, I would call it a mantrum, where it actually, I have no other choice but to, but to get it out and to express it. And there might be a little itty bitty voice in my head that's like, don't say this right now or don't do this right now or you're you're being scary right now mm. or this this isn't cool right but it's almost like a big snowball rolling down the hill and it just and it just can't stop so there is sometimes for me a little a little bit of awareness and and you know that one time where the word mantra just came out of my mouth like like that was all it took for me to start kind of laughing at myself and my wife just jumped all over it and and we kind of shifted the energy it shifted from from anger and like you know directing it outward to laughter and expression and connection hmm. 
And you know what I think? It's an outcome of a lot of therapy. (laughs) A lot of couples counseling, you know, that, that works for us. It doesn't work for everybody, but it, but it works for my wife and I. And, 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 you know, we talk about this stuff in our sessions when things are good, you know, and, and, and we examine our relationship, we examine our lives, we talk about, you know, some things that are near and dear to us and we set the expectation. And I feel like, I feel like that, that's a good antidote for us. It allows you to have more empathy for each other when you're yeah. processing and being understood. Right. So that when that time may arise again, you can have a little split second of a pause of more compassion. Yeah, it allows us to hold space for one another mm-hmm. when right. when we're dysregulated or when we're not like at the top of our game, when we're not feeling great. And so I think, you know, when people experience tantrums in their relationship and it's not processed well, like if it's not really talked about where there's ownership, where there's accountability, where there's empathy for the other person on the receiving end, and where there's attempts for change and growth in it, that's where it becomes really detrimental to the relationship and it takes away the trust and the safety because we, you and I are not condoning a relationship that has constant tantrums in it that is just part of an expression of anger because that can get abusive. It could also just erode the relationship because again, I know like if I threw those tantrums all the time, like that chainsaw one, why would my wife want to want to make sweet love to me? No way. Hmm. I'm not attractive mm-hmm. when that when that happens, and it just it just permeates in many other aspects of of people's relationship. And if they're not apologizing well with it, right, and and sincere and understanding the empathy around that, right. if they don't repair, right, yeah. Absolutely, Prepo. Absolutely. Yeah. So, connection. Yeah. Connection is what I'm is what I'm is what I'm thinking about, right? It, it's like attunement and connection. attunement and connection in in relationship uh, creates a solid foundation of trust, and you know, being committed, being committed to taking a look at when the disconnection happens and what needs to happen in order to be in connection leads leads to ease and flow in the relationship. And if one person is consistently uh, expressing anger in a way that is overblown and um, you know, that is that is not a way to stay in connection. That's going to lead to dangerous things for for a relationship, an unhealthy relationship, a disease, a dis-ease in relationship. Right. Because a lot of those adult tantrums are overblown expressions from a circumstance that should not realistically, in a healthy way, get that kind of expression. You know, when I can't screw get a screw out of something... If I throw a mantrum at that moment, that did not warrant that kind of expression. There's something else going on that I've got to investigate. Right, like you mentioned before, your lack of skills mm. in in that area of fixing things and kind of being handy around the house, being useful, being able to figure stuff out without having to call someone at you know 100 bucks an hour. Yeah, or even to, whether it was growing up and make, being able to make a mistake, you know, I feel like it was okay to make a mistake then it's okay for me to make a mistake in this handy area. But I also grow up like, I gotta do it right. I gotta do it perfect. You know, I can't mess up. You know, there's there's some of that. Nice one. Yeah. That's what holds me back sometimes also from like, from like fixing things on my own. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Examining your life right there. You just did it. Yeah. You're more likely now the next time you go to fix something and it doesn't go well, it doesn't go right, you're less likely for that to be a loaded experience to where it's gonna it's gonna have the buildup of charge. Right, because you, know? you just kind of released it, right, with with awareness yeah, practice. Exactly, I feel more relaxed right now in my body, and I'm also from even releasing that. I also realized, yeah, but man, there's many things that I fix, and there's many things that I do right, but I'm not focusing on on those times as much. I'm focusing on the times of fearing of not doing it well or that I didn't do it well. So it's the whole thing about my focus around scanning for appreciations is I've really got to work on that area of like. Wow, there's many times during the day I'm quick, I'm fixing this, doing that, unscrewing, I have a great idea. Instead of just realizing there's times where it gets a little more complicated and I just need to pause and I'll figure it out. So much easier said than done, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of um, the concept of meta, M E T T A? The metaverse? What? Meta? No, like giving meta offering oh, meta is is um a buddhist it's a buddhist practice uh many thousands of year old practice of sending loving kindness out to people even your enemies or people that people that um trigger you right even like let's say you know you got some beef with your parents or or with the neighbor or something like that you know um contemplating opening your heart to them sending loving kindness, wishing them well, right? It's a really hard thing to do with people that, that I have conflict with, you know? But the more I practice it, and here's, here's why it's a, it's a bona fide practice, the more I practice it, the easier it becomes to open my heart to somebody so that when somebody pisses me off or I'm in conflict with somebody, that I don't see them only through the eyes of that conflict. I also understand that uh, they're a father, they're a brother, just like me, you know? Yeah. They're, they're, they're a whole person. You see and, their humanity. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think when we see another person's humanity, I know for me it brings the humbleness of m- my own humanity and to have that compassion and that, you know, that we're all just trying to, trying to live this world the best that we can. You know, I know that's a cliche, but in some sense, you know, if we're able to give some benefit of the doubt there most of the time, um, we, we can we can connect in that humanity. And I think that's what it takes to be able to hold space and bear witness to somebody when they're in a mantrum or, a, or an adult tantrum moment so that I don't take it on, right? right? It's, this, it's this loving detachment. Hmm. It's the sense of non-attachment to their experience being anything different than what it is yeah. and... And yeah, even like when you know, as a parent, when your kid is throwing a tantrum mm. and, it's, and you know it's because they're tired or they're right. hungry, that's when the love can really come in too because we have some compassion, you know, around that. And also, our own stress level my stress levels, I'm taking care of my balance, my equilibrium. I'm going to be able to witness that stuff a lot easier. If I'm not doing that, it's going to set me off, you know, on the top of it. And what you just said is that kind of self uh, has to come into self compassion because. Many people that throw tantrums, we have there's shame that comes in at that moment or after afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the damage that was done, or we realize that we can't get out of the loop. And if we have too much shame, then it's going to be hard for us to take accountability and responsibility. And then we won't have self compassion, and that's the antidote 
to that aspect of shame is to have that self-compassion. So can't go wrong with self-compassion, baby. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, when I when I practice metta, I'm also, uh, I'll, so what I'll do is I'll just spend part of my morning meditation practice, you know, thinking about um, somebody that I love or somebody from my childhood or a pet or um, somebody currently. Or that, that, that Airbnb lady. Oh, oh, you're talking about yeah. right. <laughs> you there was some meta there. Look, look, can, can we segue real quick into that about just that's a little bit of an internal um, mantra? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, all right. So just just today, um, you know, I had this Airbnb guest that had a really really hard time um, getting out of my my parking lot. There's a it's a gravel parking lot, and um, he was ripping up ripping up the uh, gravel and getting stuck getting stuck in the gravel. So I went out there, I pushed him out and I said, hey, you know, back it in next time and park on this side of the of the little parking pad because it's more compact. So just before when I'm when I'm coming coming early to coming to early and to giving do the podcast. Giving a lot of spaciousness <laughs> like you asked for. You were like, Corey, remember parking's really tight Tag. at that time. Give yourself a lot of time. So I gave myself a lot of time, nice and spacious. I hear the wheels spinning again. The wheels are spinning. And Robin's like, Corey, you got to go help him out. The wheels are spinning up there. And I'm like, I'm not going to help him out. They can go triple A. <laughs> I got to go meet Prepo. That's right. I got to go meet Prepo. And, uh, and, and, and so finally I'm about to go out the door and she's like, come on, Corey, you're not being a good Airbnb host. So I'm like, all right, you're right. So I go out there very begrudgingly. And I'm like, like not looking, looking this guy in the eyes. I'm like, not getting, giving any kind of warmth or anything like that. And I'm like, all right, just, just, just rock it out, and I'll push you out. Just, just go when I say go. And, and you know, after about 20 minutes, you know, and, and a lot of gravel hitting me in the shins, you know, I, you know, I helped this person out. And um, you know, yeah, I was definitely throwing an internal mini mantram. You know, I mean, I wasn't directing it towards the person, but. I was definitely withholding and neglecting kind of the warmth that I give 99.9% of my Airbnb guests. And what I realized upon reflection after talking to you, because I needed 10 minutes to talk about it. Yeah, that's the first thing you did when you came in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a good thing we're really good friends so you don't charge me for that time. Yeah, I'll get an, I'll get an extra side dish tonight. There you go. Yeah, so you know, you know what what I realized is that is that I had that mini mantram because my expectations weren't met. I had the expectation that you know this very same thing happened a few hours earlier, and I told this person where to park so that this doesn't happen again, and and it wound up happening again and impacting me and impacting my time with you and you know blah 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 blah. So for me. It's, you know, I'm realizing that it's when expectations aren't met and when those around me don't learn from something going wrong the first time and then that same thing goes wrong the second time, that for me is very triggering and that will, that will, will overwhelm my nervous system and I'll get angry because of it. And, you know, sometimes it I even turns into so. a little I mini I told mantra. you what to do. You just didn't listen to me. Does that go on internally? Internally, it does. Yeah, mm. I mean, you know, I'm not a dick, so I don't say that out right, loud. Right. But that's know? the internal matter. Try not to be hurtful, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but internally, that's what happens for me. Yeah. And then you just gotta meta. <laughs> just gotta meta myself. That's what I gotta do. I gotta meta myself. 
Tomorrow morning, I'll be meditating myself. Mm. So, so back to back to that practice. So I can share it with with you folks that are listening. So, part of my meditation practice in the morning involves involves holding uh, people that I love in loving kindness, um, and that's the easy part, right? Wishing them well. I wish this person's happy. I wish this person is free from suffering. I wish, I wish this person um, is healthy. I wish this person is free. And then, and then I think of some other people that I'm having conflict with. I always start with somebody easy, you know, someone who mm -hmm. it's just really easy to open my heart to. And then, and then I'll go to some some people that are a little bit more challenging. Yeah, you don't go to your worst enemy up front, right? You right. titrate that in. Yeah, and you know, part of the reason why that works is just straight up neuroscience, right? Like from the HeartMath Institute. Um, I mean, this is your thing, my man, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Heartfelt appreciation when I'm giving it or receiving it, pleasurable biochemicals get released, and um, my whole know. cells are resonating in that. Yeah. Speak some more about that, will you? Yeah, well, it's just that that when we're in that heart space, the heart being the oscillator uh, organ of the body, it's throwing out this electromagnetic field in the whole sense of my whole body that my cells are actually sinking in that positive light, cardiovascular system, endocrine system. And if I'm in proximity to somebody or thinking about somebody, that's the energy that we're able to also be in together and sinking. It's like a physical energy of sinking and um, and it's directly able to be accessed through that feeling of compassion and appreciation and positive thought process. We have that mechanism, it's a beautiful mechanism because it's a feel good one. And that's the part is when we actually, when you know you're oscillating in that is when you know that you're really resonating with the feeling of those positive thoughts. So, feelings. Yeah, so I practice that every morning and and then and then at the end I'll and I'll take just about 10 minutes to do this and then I'll I'll practice giving myself those warm wishes. So I'll just kind of turn it on myself and I'll open my heart to myself and um do you yeah. think about times when you are like throwing a mantra? Absolutely. Right. So it's it's throwing that that focus on yourself not just when you're the best core you can be but also when you don't like who you are. Right, right. And, and you know, for me, that doesn't solidify the times that I'm not being kind. That actually, um, that actually makes me a more kind person when I accept those times with a loving heart for those times that I mess up or don't get it right or I'm not kind to somebody or I say the wrong thing or you know, I'm even being a jerk or something like that, I get overwhelmed. You know, so I try to add that to my to my daily practice, and it really helps so much uh, to not close my heart to people, to not uh, be upset and overwhelmed in upset with others and myself too. Because the opposite is what most people do: is we ruminate over the negative and feel it and send it out and right. make scenarios of protection or. Yeah. Escalating a conversation, and so we're—that's we're, the the story and the vibra vibration that we're putting out instead of the meta practice that you were talking about. And the the consequence of that kind of rumination is tension in the musculature. Tension in the musculature 
constricts blood vessels and, 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 and restricts and constricts the flow of energy, the flow of lymph, the flow, you know, increases blood pressure right and it and it causes a whole host a whole cascade of negative consequences in the physiology and that's how people get sick that's how people hurt their backs that's how people you know stay stuck in ruminating uh, mind body patterns that lead like lead to illness that lead to all 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 sorts of things chronic illness and imagine in that that contraction in the muscular structure also makes it more viable to have this expression come out in like a, a tantrum, right? The more contraction we have, the greater force of energy that it's got to come out in. And right. that's where rage comes and so forth. People that get angry and rage, they don't have relaxed bodies. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Because they're holding it in. Right. And their body as a container isn't relaxed. It doesn't allow it to go through them. Right. And it's a lot of buildup, you know, rage is like, is like uh, lack of resources, lack of, uh, lack of tools, lack of ability to process those little mini mantrums. Mini mantrums, man. The mini ones. Yeah. That's where it's at. It's in the mini ones, you yeah. know? So like the more I can listen to that voice in my head and catch the voice in my head that's, that's you know, being critical of others, that's being self- Critical of myself or self Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. self-critical, then, you know, then the more- the more I catch that, the more I can choose whether or not I want to. I want to let it go. Yeah. Good one, baby. Oh man, I'm just so excited to be knocking it around with you again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been missing you. It's been a while since we've gotten together. It has. It has. We got some good catching up to do tonight. Mm -hmm. But I really appreciate that you wanted to do this. Cause I love wrapping it, and this is a cool one. You know, it's a. Uh, Emotional regulation. I love talking about that with you and how that shows up and and uh, just aspects of our own life of how we work it and how we give examples to each other. I learn a lot from when you tell me that you're going through experiences and how you have awarenesses and then how you shift and transform that. I so appreciate that vulnerability that you put out to me and our friendship that you you allow yourself to be seen in that way and you feel safe enough with me to do that so thank you brother uh and right back at you man so a that feels really good my heart feels really warm and i feel touched by your expression of appreciation of our friendship and b i want to thank you for your wonderful birthday message mm. um that was really sweet to get that on my birthday and and i i i just so happy so happy that we've remained friends throughout the years and you're a very special person to me and my life wouldn't be wouldn't be as rich as it is today without mm. you in it mm. thank you brother love that yeah all right so now i can't wait to eat up that appreciation dinner that you're gonna let's pay for go. tonight let's go i'm taking you out to dinner tonight man. I, I, this people always hear that like doesn't that happen after every podcast yep it does it does <laughs> and that's what Cool. Thanks, brother. Yeah. All right, man. All right. All right. You. you too. Relationships. Let's talk about it. Is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit 
prepo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Thank you.